0: Good evening one and all, welcome along, it is season 4 episode 85, it's a nice intimate show Lauren it always seems to be that we're doing these little intimate shows, it's just me and you
1: It does, it does and it feels weird to be doing it on a Friday as well this week Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) I think this week's just been absolutely crazy, I think everything's going on My wife and daughter are going away on holiday tomorrow So at some point all hell's going to break loose as she tries to do packing tonight uh, but... <laughs> and that's that's after she's
0: been to the pub because she's been out marching today as well. So, um... oh, lovely. Yep, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's 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 a busy time. And look, I'm I, I'm filling in tonight. Um, obviously, Mike is away. He's on his brother Lloyd's stag up in London. So uh, I, I I've seen a picture, and and Mike looks decidedly green already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought he looked quite dapper with the hotel uh, dressing gown on as well. Yeah,
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering now if he if he's actually already fallen on the bed or not. Oh, and quite. <laughs> yeah, quite,
1: quite possibly. possibly.
0: <laughs> and uh, Paul is also touring the touring the lovely scenery up up around you, up around Scotland
1: yeah so. he's literally i mean he's literally every day i've looked at uh, whatsapp or um, instagram he's basically mm. you know he's posted somewhere where i've been literally 10 minutes before or something like that so he's obviously he's slowly he must have found my friends or something like that on
0: yeah on
1: his phone and tracking me down but, <laughs> you know.
0: that's it but um yeah it, look it's we're, we're we're in off season and like that it's it's quiet. There's not a lot happening. Um, the, the the two pieces of news that I've I've picked up today that I was gonna gonna bring up or well during this week, um, it's, we'll try and swap <laughs> that around now, Labarski for you if we can. <laughs> uh, there, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, obviously look the um the the off season schedule and the trip to Oxnard has come out like everything is kicking off in Oxnard on the twenty sixth of July, I believe is the first first practice session, and yeah. then the twenty-seventh is the first open session. Um Lebarsky's happy now that you're on the on the on yeah. the right hand side. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, so like it, it's 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 going to be a busy period, obviously in um, in Oxnard. I think they're there from what they're there from the 26th through to the 15th of August.
1: Yeah, um, well, the, the, I think they actually report the 24th, but um, yeah, obviously there's the first couple of days that they're not open. I think the first open practice is the 26th, um, yeah, and that's that's going to be around about the same time as the. Um, the 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 opening press conference with Jerry and Stephen yeah. uh state of the union that sort of thing um yeah. and you know as a uh, who is it um Joe saying that you know it, it touch, touch wood it's good that um there's not been a lot of news coming out there's obviously <laughs> there's a lot of news coming out around the league of suspensions for some people yeah. um legal incidents for wide receivers in Miami that sort of thing mm-hmm. so Touch wood, it's it's good that um, we're not hearing anything about anybody with a star on the helmet. So um. yeah,
0: or 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 those that uh, that that are creating headlines are not very newsworthy. Yeah, we 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 know someone has a target on their back with our very own (laughs) Graham. <laughs> so, uh, our Graham has been lighting up our um our group chat with some uh Instagram posts from a certain Dallas Cowboys player, yes. <laughs> but oh, I, um, as,
1: as long as that's all that he's um he's posting, that's you know, that's yeah, not not anything different or completely different to
0: what he was posting last year or yeah, where
1: he was having to post bail, but um,
0: yeah this is true. Joe Joe must be reading my mind again because he's just pulled up the good news this year. Kellen Moore won't be reporting for this year's training camp. (laughs) And that was the next point I was going to raise is um, Kellen Moore was on with, I think he was with Peter Schrager either yesterday or earlier today. And he spoke about how Dak is the most impressive leader he's ever worked with. And that, he said, includes coaches, coaches, and players that Kellen has played or worked under, you know, so high, very high praise from Kellen. Obviously, um, maybe there's a little bit of motivation in saying such a thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you're hearing that across the board. That you know, even some of these guys that aren't on the Cowboys that are coming to the mm. Dac Yard and training with Dak, um, they're all they're all basically coming out and saying that you know Dak is a leader, and. Mm. Say what you want about the rest of the team and, unfortunately, his, his record in the playoffs and all that. But, you know, mm. everybody to a man is saying that this guy is the legit leader of the Cowboys, yeah. um, would be the leader of any squad that he was on. Mm. Um, and, you know, obviously, I mean, part, part of his degree was actually leadership as well. So he, yeah. he took a number of courses on leadership. Um yeah. He he's obviously putting it into practice and he has the guy's respect, um, yeah. not just on his team, but other guys that he's training with. So, hmm. you know, you know, the guys we've had guys before who, you know, put up gaudy numbers. Danny White, for example, put up gaudy numbers, but due to um actions that happened during the strike seasons. Uh, mm. he fell out of favour and you know, yeah. It took a lot for the team to rebound and come together under him. So, you know, as long as Dak's there and Dax got the guys on side, it's just a yeah. case of with it with anything, it's just a case of like, getting lucky. Um yeah. you, you you need to have you need to have the ability, you need to have the camaraderie and the the, the one upmanship, but mm. you know, you still need to have a bit of luck as well, and we just haven't been lucky to yeah. to that extent.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you you you've kind of touched on it there. Say in terms of playoffs, like I think every playoffs loss the Cowboys have had has been by less than a field goal. If I'm right in saying that.
1: Yeah, it's certainly been very. They've all been less mm. than seven points. I mean, it's, even less, it's go,
0: definitely less than seven. Yeah.
1: You know, and I think the 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 one that really sticks in my mind is the year that obviously I think it's Dak's rookie year and obviously Green Bay went up 21 points and yeah. Dak brought them back. And again, it was literally, we gave them too much time at the end and Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, he went down the field and, you know, a little bit of help with a uh, non-holding calls on our, on our defensive line. And, um, yeah. you know, sliding um, ca- sliding catches that didn't get reviewed or
0: whatever yeah um, and tackles tackles from goats being called back
1: yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah you had to get that one in yep i nice.
0: did i did <laughs> but listen look we're, we're we're going to talk defensive tackles tonight um and and Mike in setting up the post had a, or setting up the show this morning must have been already on beer because he'd set everything up as a defensive end, and you know, we were there, the don't... two of us were like, "What are we?" So, <laughs> but one of the questions I want to ask, kind of, before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of this, Lauren. Obviously, look, we have essentially six players who play defensive tackle. We've a couple of guys that can drop in and will play defensive tackle in a in a pinch or in rotation, you know, like obviously Tank can drop in and play defensive tackle. John C. Goldson has been a tweener. Um, Junior Fahoko, this talk, he's going to be that kind of a tweener hybrid yeah. player. Does the depth at defensive tackle concern you at all?
1: It doesn't concern me as such. It's mm. I think this is this is certainly going to be when when the front office and the coaches all sit down and they make their cuts. Mm. And of course, uh, this year there is only one cut down day. Yeah. It's right at the end, so there is no phased cut downs from eight, ninety to eighty five, eighty five to eighty, and what mm. have you. Um, so this is literally, I mean there are guys on this roster that, you know, you are going to have to make hard decisions on Mm. and particularly the next two positions that we're talking about defensive tackle and defensive end. There are guys that are going to be uh, uh, admittedly, we could use them as trade pieces if need be, Mm. but you know, this is, this is where the strength of the team is, Mm. um, is our defensive line. And there are guys that are unfortunately going to be let go on the street and yeah. um, you know they're going to end up getting picked up. and No doubt they'll get picked up by a across a division mm. rival or something like that. You know, at, yeah. obviously the Cowboys thought last year that they were going to be smart and get rid of uh, put John Ridgway on the practice squad, and you know mm. the Commanders came calling, and John Ridgway ended up playing half the season last year. So, um, yeah. and looks to be in a good position to start this year with the with the Commanders. Uh, off yeah. uh, defensive line as well. So.
0: Yeah, he does, and like I suppose if we if we're to really really start off with the with this bunch of defensive tackles, obviously, uh, sorry, Justine leberski's comment there. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Labarsky is backing up your comment there, Lauren. He's saying whoever we cut will make an impact on another team, and like that's understandable, you know, and. It is the thing with this, this 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 front office. They have built strength on strength, you know, in terms of taking defensive linemen and 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 trying to build it up. But obviously, look, our first round pick this year was a defensive tackle. It's the first time yeah. we've drafted a defensive tackle. In the first round, since Russell Maryland in 91, I'm going to say, Lauren. I know you're. I think you're
1: right. Yeah, I think
0: it is 91. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I knew. I knew you'd know exactly when it was. We haven't taken a defensive tackle in the first round since that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, look, a lot of people will tell you defensive tackles. You can get them all the way down the board. You get fifth round, sixth round guys. That'll come in and do a job. But this team seemed to be very high on Mazzy Smith out of Michigan, who was our first round draft pick this year. Um, six foot three, 337 pounds. He's just turned 22. I wasn't initially impressed with the pick, but, you know, like everything, I never am initially impressed. <laughs> and, you know, you go back and watch some tape and you watch some highlights and.
1: You know, again, it, this pick made a lot of sense. It it did. I mean, I think if you if you were to go back and play the the night one draft show that we did, um, you know, we were all pretty much it'd be a pen throw as as yeah. Dave Hellman classes it. You know that we'd be going. You know, why did we make that? And then, you know, literally, the, I think by the next night we were when we came on to do night two, we were like. Actually, you know what? I've watched this, I've watched that. Mm. You know, the, the guys the guy's moving eight hundred kilos around or eight hundred pounds, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, he's he's got strength for a guy that's only twenty two, yeah, isn't isn't fully grown yet, yeah. um, you know, and he's they were having to get weight machines in to to cope with the amount of strength that he had. Yeah. You know, and he's already competing against the sort of th- things that Larry Allen used to do. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's quite something. Um yeah. and you know, yeah, they've they brought him on slowly in the in the um OTAs, but I mean yeah. come training camp, I think, take the take the leash off and you know let him run. And yeah. um, you know, I, I fully expect him to to be ready to go with the ones from the start. Yeah. I can see you know i can see some of the things that they're talking about that you know again michigan purely used him last year as that run stuffing nose tackle one technique whatever you want to call it but you know there are plays where he has quite a motor on him and if you know Mm. if he's there as pass rushing um needs to refine the technique by all means but um you know, potentially you could have Hankins on. You could have Hankins and him lined up one, uh, alongside each other, and yeah. obviously the strength is there for, or is going to create problems for the offensive line. Going, well, wait a minute, who do we double? Um, yeah, and then you know, you you have Hankins take on the double team for the for the run stuffing, and Mazi Smith will have enough pass rush to. To flush the whoever they're facing out of the pocket and into Micah's hands, or uh, yeah. you know, and it's it's only going to help this this whole defense. I think um, yeah. he is no he is no slouch, and um, you know, I I can see the star qualities that made made him the first round pick for us.
0: Yeah, like I like obviously. Look, there's no point really talking about. Statistics for defensive tackles because it's 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 you have to actually watch the tape and watch what the player is doing. And as you say, are they attracting that double block? Are they getting into the backfield, putting pressure on? Because defensive tackles generally don't tend to make a lot of tackles. Like I am looking at his numbers here: he would forty six last year, and um, you know 20, 22 solo, twenty four assists, he had one sack. So you're looking at that and going, that's not great. But it's where, as as you say, it's their ability to push the pocket back, push the offensive line into the quarterback, and if they can, just rope to get into that backfield.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean again, it all goes to, down to what the defensive scheme is as well. Mm. And, you know, you go back to sort of the late 90s, Leon Lett was constantly in the backfield, but that was the style of defence was beat your beat yeah. your man and get to the backfield, but that had its own problems where it was creating lanes for runner, running backs mm. so for every tackle for loss that you had, you probably gave up two three uh, ten yard runs by yeah. uh, against them, and I think those years where you know we did have bad years running the ball uh, as a run defence Yeah, Um, and you know obviously we've seen the last couple of years as well I mean I think everybody for the last four or five years at least tail end of Rod Marinelli um, Mike Nolan and obviously with Dan Quinn we've all been asking for these big guys to clog up and just take on the double team and let the linebackers Mm. flow to the ball and, yeah. you know, that will help guys like Leighton Van Der Esch um, yeah. you know, Damone Clark and all that, where they're not mm-hmm. having to take on these guys and put themselves in danger. Um, yeah. So, you, you know, this, ju- is, this is where the yeah. help is.
0: Yeah, and Lebarski is making a really good comment here. And, like, folks, if you're watching in, you're tuned in, send in your comments. We will try and pull up all the comments and try and bring them in. You know, you guys are the the, the big part of the show himself and Lorne are just having a conversation really yep. but let us know your thoughts but Lebarski is saying if he develops the pass rush they say they see in him then this pick is outstanding but regardless he does help this team from day one and I think you kind of alluded to it there in your last comment we were saying if he can effectively stop the run you allow Leighton van der Esch to do his thing you allowed DeMond Clark to do his thing. Mike can do his thing. And last season, when Jonathan Hankins went down injured, when Leighton Van Der Esch went down injured, your two best run-stuffing defensive players, this team was in trouble. And yep. that seems to have been addressed now with this pick in terms of bringing Mazzy Smith in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, it's not that we haven't we haven't put... Premium resources to them. Um, mm. In recent years, you can say, "Yeah, we've drafted guys like Quentin Bohanna, mm. who, it, by far, is the heaviest of the defensive tackles. He's yeah. weighing in at three three hundred and sixty pounds at the moment. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sure. Obviously, maybe the goal is to get a few pounds off that because you mm. want some of the speed. Um, but that that's what he's listed at for yeah. the OTAs." Um, but um, he just hasn't performed the way that you know they mm. were obviously hoping to, and it's it is it is a big stress to put on somebody who's a fifth, sixth round pick. Yeah, um, but you know it's now put up or shut up time for him as well. So.
0: Yeah. So you kind of said there, uh, say maybe five minutes ago, in terms of say potentially having Hankins and smith on the field at the same time you know obviously look they're both more that one tech that run stuffing player you know and dan quinn's system is so flexible and the way in the dirt is teaching that defensive line that you can kind have the two guys in there and do their thing
1: yeah yeah i mean for, for one for one thing i mean this variable front that we have with this mm. defense where You know, half the time Micah's coming up and he's lining up in a two-point stance. He's lining up Mm -hmm. in a three-point stance. He's dropping back to linebacker. You've got Tank Lawrence as well. I mean, this is um, basically—you know—it just will create so much confusion because is Marzi Smith going to be a a five-technique defensive end? Is he going to be Mm -hmm. a defensive tackle? Um, And then throw in some of the other guys that we've got on this roster as well, and. You know, when you talk about going to a pass rushing scheme as well mm. uh, for third down and you, you bring your NASCAR package on and you've got, uh, you unleash hell because you actually, mm. you know, you don't necessarily need to bring defensive, all the defensive ends on. You can have these uh, yeah. defensive tackles on that are tweeners and mm. um, th- this is just going it, to, it, it sh- Dan Quinn must be licking his chops. I mean, in some respects, it's 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 a great thing to have, but you know, it puts pressure on you to make the right
0: call as well. So, yeah, um, like I'm I'm pretty much on record that outside of the Dallas Cowboys, the 1985 Chicago Bears are the one team that I loved seeing and. I love watching documentaries and their whole thing around that, say that 46 defense, was constantly pressure, get to the quarterback, sack the quarterback, take the quarterback down, injure the yep. quarterback, get another quarterback in. And that seems to be what Aiden Derde and Dan Quinn are building. It's guys who are just dogs of war. They want to go out, they want to, not that they want to hurt Quarterback, but they want to get their hands on the
1: quarterback. They want to sack yeah. him, take him down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, there's un- unlike um, Buddy Ryan, you know, there's certainly not going mm. to be any bounties going out uh, on on the opposition players. But um, no, uh, you know, certainly this this defense is geared up to getting to the quarterback and making as much trouble in the backfield as possible. So.
0: Yeah. So the next guy on our list and we kind of have spoken a little bit about him obviously look Jonathan Hankins who we traded for last year, we brought him in for a sixth rounder um sorry i'm just seeing lebarski's comment here he says Mazzy's not the fridge but he did say he's like a fridge rolling down a hill so that's close enough <laughs> <laughs> that's a,
1: that's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, description
0: for him as well yeah okay? yeah um, and and uh, Uh, I think on Fridge I think even in his first season I think 85 was his first season Buddy Ryan didn't like using him And uh, Mike Oh god, what's his name? Ditka Yeah, sorry, Mike Ditka Started using him on offense Just to get him touches, get him in the game So, you know Happy days But Jonathan Hankins Obviously we acquired him from the Raiders For a 6th round pick last year he came in, he had an instant impact in terms of he, he solved that run-stuffing issue for us himself and Leighton Van Der Esch worked very well in tandem together and teams weren't hitting us for 150 yards or anything like that. I think in most of their games, they kept teams under 100 yards rushing. I,
1: th- I think it was something like that. Certainly, I mean... Yeah. You know, by the time we actually traded for him, I think we'd given up a big day to Chicago Bears. I think they'd their ground yeah. game had basically run up about two hundred yards on us. and yeah, the Lions. The week, I think the Lions the week before as well. Albeit the Lion, you know, we stopped them in goal line situations, mm. but um, the Lions had run up a, a, over a hundred and fifty yards on us. Hankins came in, made an immediate impact. For two, three weeks, then went down injured for the, till at least the playoffs. Yeah, um, and then you know he was a big part of shutting down the shutting down the game for um, the the Buccaneers as well. So that you know oh, yeah. you put the game into Tom Brady's hands, and you know we finally got the W against Tom Brady. So, um, yeah. and then Tom Brady went up and quit. You know, yeah, took took, took up a uh, owner part ownership and. Uh, in in the, various in the Raiders. sporting activities, yeah. yeah, Raiders and I think he's taken on a couple of other teams as well. So
0: uh, yeah, and I think, he, I think he's involved in crypto as well and stuff like that. Yeah, he's 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 not short of interests. Anyway, he was never going to be short of things to do once football ended for him. But uh, no, no, you know, definitely Hank Hankins can have a claim to say I I, I made Tom Brady retire. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, Lebarski Lebarsky is just uh, after putting in another couple of comments he said Brian said it here play Mazi on offense no problem <laughs> if that's what it takes Quentin Bohanna, you can use him on jumbo packages as well um but Lebarski's also he's just come back in and he said from play one you could see Hankins impact it's probably what made front off so open to taking Mazi in the first round and i think i think i think that does have a good um Kind of point in terms of where they where where they went because obviously look we all had our opinions about who the first round pick was going to be we were all leaning towards say an Osiris Torrance or a left guard or something or someone like that and when the discussion was being had in the war room and anyone who's seen the clips they will have seen that Will McLeay was saying we have not had a defensive tackle this high on our board, more or less than the time Will had been there. Yeah. And, you know, Hankins did seem to have an impact on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, things might have changed, been different if um, C.D. Lamb hadn't dropped to us a few years ago. Like we, yeah. we might have put money on it. Who was it? Was it Caleb Von Chasen that was...
0: Yeah, Caleb ex- was, was the, the next pick
1: or whatever. Was, you know, yeah. I think we were all thinking that was going to be who it was. Mm. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, we've never gone into this draft saying, so "No, we're going to take a defensive tackle with the first round." It's the same mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't say, oh, we're going to draft a safety this year or whatever. You, you That was just never in the Dallas playbook um, yeah. for the draft, you know. Um, yeah but um, so, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, it's good to see that we are putting some resources into it this year. And, of course, Hankins yeah. as well. I mean, Hankins is, what, nine, ten years in the league as well. I think so this is his 11th season. 11th, right. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, again, he's you know he's coming towards the end of his career, so he, yeah. you've got to get him to guide Mazzy Smith, get mm. him to develop... Um, you know, to be the next superstar, and then yeah. you can say thank you, Hankins, and send them off into the into, yeah. into retirement. So,
0: yeah, I mean, like our 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 biggest rifle over in um, that city, which I dare not mention. Like, I mean, in the last two years, they've taken defensive tackles. Like, obviously, they've taken Jordan Davis uh, yeah. this year. Um, they Jaylen took someone Carter. last year. Jalen Carter. Jordan da- yeah.
1: Jordan Davis last year, Jalen yeah. Carter this year. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. You know, so but they've kept Fletcher Cox, they've kept Brandon Graham around. You know, so a bit of experience always helps because the transition from college for a defensive tackle is a lot harder to make. It's very rare that you get an Aaron Donald. And I suppose Aaron Donald really is a unicorn that he came in and just was immediately impactful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I mean, obviously um can Kansey this year a lot of people were comparing his combine stats, but you know, to, to think that Kalijah mm. Kansi has a chance of coming in being you know the next Aaron Donald I think is is way off. Yeah. Um you know so and normally it's part of it is because the strength and conditioning programs in college aren't there for these guys that don't mm. have the abilities but again going back to Mazi Smith Mazi Smith is already at the strength that he you know is, is competing mm. against the, the likes of Larry Allen's strength of strength yeah. feats and what have you so um you know it's it's certainly looking good for us that we should be able to get good production out of him this year so
0: yeah so the last of our three say run suffers our one text obviously and you've alluded to him already is Quinton Bohanna as you say out of Kentucky this we're 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 moving into our third season with Quinton on the team a lot of people have high hopes for Quinton and it just doesn't seem to have worked so far now obviously we've said in the last 30 seconds, you know, it takes it takes time. And maybe this is the time it will take, this is the year he'll break through in terms yeah. of production, in terms of getting on the field.
1: But he really needs to, he really needs to open training camp this year. Mm. All guns blazing. And, you know, again, we, we go back to luck. It you know he needs to play through whatever injuries he picks up in yeah. training camp he needs yeah. to show that he's dependable because if not yeah. he'll be he'll be one of the guys that's getting his release papers at the end of camp i think yeah. so um yeah. it is it, you know i think hankins and obviously mazy smith with the you know the the entirety of his contracts actually going to be guaranteed mm. um you know that um there's no way every parting company with either of those two, um, yeah. you know. So Bohanna's really going to have to stake a claim that you know we need to go long at defensive tackle. Um, yeah. Otherwise, he's he's on the first bus out of here. I think.
0: Yeah, and um, for you, is there a reason that Bohanna hasn't clicked so far? Is it, you know, you mentioned already. He's three hundred and sixty pounds right now. You know, like you don't hear of an awful lot of three hundred and sixty pounds nose tackles anymore. Most of them are say around that three twenty to three forty mark.
1: Yeah, I I don't know what it is. There's you look at him and there's there's some plays that he makes and you're Mm. going, oh yeah, you know he's switched on and what have you. The next the next four or five plays he's he's you know getting pushed off the ball mm. um you know and you you're like is this the same guy mm. um you know so it, it's just the consistency there and the consistency isn't there um now is that does that mean he isn't concentrating off the field when they're doing the film study sessions and yeah. he's not looking out for things um is there something that you know opposition have, have picked up on um and yeah. they're actually taking advantage of his weaknesses or whatever I don't know but um yeah. you know there's just something there that you know it's a flash he's, he's flashing but he's just not consistent with it um yeah. and and the, again the big thing when we talk about Hankins going down injured you know and you thought well maybe even with the sort of coaching that he was maybe doing with Bohana, um, mm. it just wasn't it wasn't materializing in the same way. So yeah. I, again, the the, the Russian numbers went up, um, mm. and you know it it was a big concern, and that's why we've put the we've put the money into it and the, the draft yeah. capital into it. So, um,
0: like. I think I think a lot of what I saw with Bohanna last year was he seemed to have a high pad level and and it was allowing the center and guard to get in and under and forklift him out of the way. Because for a guy, as I say, at three even if he was at three hundred and fifty last year, you shouldn't be giving up that kind of you, you know. Effort. You shouldn't. You should be able to soak the block, and he didn't seem to be able to do that. Yeah,
1: and, and I mean, this is this almost takes you back. If if only Paul was on tonight, we could mention a, a name from a couple of years ago as well. That was <laughs> constant, constantly having a high pad level and getting shoved off the ball as well. Yeah, so, Um it, it's almost like he's he's following in those same footsteps and um, yeah, you know, saying, "Well, my bulk should be enough to." To, to stop anybody, no matter how mm. high uh, high I am or what or whatever my position is, so yeah, um, you know, and it, it's little things like that. If he can just keep himself low, and yeah. you know, get you know, make make it. It's hard to say, but if you, for a three hundred and sixty pound guy, if you make it hard for somebody to get their hands on you, uh, yeah. you know, you make it hard for them to push you back. Um, yeah, you you know. I was always taught when I was playing one technique that you know you got up there you get in take on the double team and then do whatever you can to actually mm. take don't let them get easy easy access to your to your the front of your um shirt. your chest plates yeah you, yeah, you know constantly turn twist, turn smack them around whatever mm. um, and that allows you to hold these guys, but also if need if the runners come in at you 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 can break through and you know make make the stop. Um yeah. you know, and we're just as I say, we're not seeing that with uh with uh Quentin Bohanna. So
0: Yeah. <laughs> so look L- L- Lebarski knows exactly where you're going yep. there and he's 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 given Paul a bit of love there and he's he's given Dontari Poe an even bigger bit of love. <laughs> but Lebarski's also said here he said, barring injury, I don't think there's any way Big Bow makes the team this year. You've alluded to it. That was kind of where I was going when I kind of said to you about, is there a concern about the depth on the team in terms of, say, pure defensive tackles?
1: Um, well, I mean, again, as we're mm. saying, that, you know, Obviously, you're going to have Mazzie Smith as a Mm. a potential one technique. You're going Mm. to have Hankins as well. There's a guy that um, probably, you know, even though he's making the transition from offensive line to Mm. defensive line, again, he's another guy in that sort of mould who, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you've probably, you know, Dan Quinn's probably seen as much of him in in practice that yeah. he has made, you know, th- there's obviously something Dan Quinn has seen when uh, Isaac Alarcón has been playing scout team. There's obviously yeah. something he has seen that has him licking his chops and went to Mike yeah. McCarthy and said, "Look, switch him to, switch him to defensive line," and yeah. you know, I'd. I'm not saying that, you know, Bahana's certainly going to be supplanted by Isaac Alarcombe, mm. but if it comes down to those two and you want somebody to sign to your practice squad, you're going to yeah. sign Isaac Alarcombe because again, if the injury bug hits, um, you know, you've got again position flex where you've got a guy who, where it's not, I, it's not defensive tackle, defensive end, it's, Offensive mm. line, defensive line. Yeah, you've got somebody that can be called up, and yeah, he, he's maybe not. He's maybe not well schooled in both areas, but you know he mm. would at least be able to do a job for you. Yeah. Um So I, again, this is why I think Bohanna's probably on the outside looking in. Yeah. Um And you know, fingers crossed, nothing happens to Hankins and nothing happens to Mazzy Smith. Um, yeah. That, you see them out a long time and yeah, it happens, but, you know, it happens to every team as well. So, yeah. you know, at, at some point during the season, everybody is going to go looking for something else. Um, mm. So, you know, again, again, this is, I think Bohana is probably going to be on the trading block at the end of the season, maybe, or in the training camp, see what yeah. we can get, for see what we can get for him. If there's an area that we're really concerned about, you, you go, you go and shop for it as well so that you're not risking you know we'll be fairly low down in the waiver wire at the moment so yeah um, we what will we'll be 26th 27th so um you know that's that, that that's where we'll be looking to go
0: yeah you've you, like obviously look the three guys we've talked about are your say your classic run stuff or is your your one tech moving over to the three tech side of the ball and We'll we'll talk about Isaac Alarcón. You've mentioned the name already. Obviously, he's making the transition across from defense or from offensive line over to defensive line. Um, Dan Quinn's obviously seen something. We still have. I, I think have have we still got a year of eligibility? with No, Isaac? no. Or, he
1: he got an extra year last year purely on yeah. the that the first year was COVID a uh, COVID year. So yeah. this year he. If he's on the fifty-three, he counts towards our fifty-three. Yeah. If he's if he's on the practice squad, he counts as one mm. of the sixteen players on the practice squad, and his yep. money, whatever money he gets as well, counts towards Thanks. the salary cap. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, it's it's not he's not a protected player on the practice squad. So another team he can come makes. calling at any point yeah. in time. So, um, so. Yeah. You re- you really have to have a, if you are keeping them on. You really have to have a plan, and you have to have that flexibility yeah. again, where he can play scout offensive line, scout defensive line, um, yeah. and be and be able to. He needs, to, but he also needs to prove that he can do a job to yeah. to stay around and actually supplant somebody like Quentin Bohanna, so that you know make him expendable.
0: Yeah, I mean, like. Obviously, look, there's very little tape or anything to suggest Isaac is going to be a starter or is going to make the 53. But I suppose if there's one thing that's shone through from two years ago, he's not afraid of hard work. He's not afraid to put in the yards. He will give you his all. He will give you every effort he can. And he will bust his ass. And you know, I think that will count for a lot with this this coaching team.
1: Yeah, he's gonna do everything he can to get the cake, so
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just seeing a comment here from Joe. I'm gonna pull it up. He says, I believe Sam Williams will be a Pro Bowl player this year. Um I can see where Joe is coming from with that comment. Would you would you I... tend to agree?
1: I can as well. I mean, obviously, we'll talk about him next week when we're, yeah, we're talking defensive indeed. end. But um, I think, again, you, you know, we alluded to earlier that, you know, if you get the a good pass rush from our interior defensive tackles as well, you're going to flush them mm. out to the outside. And, I mean, I, I think as well, you know, there was questions about the maturity of Sam Williams last year and um, this whole uh, car crash situation where... Mm. Initially you thought it was just a, a minor prang and then he goes and gets um a arre- or you know, there was an arrest warrant out for dangerous yeah. driving, doing ninety eight and a thirty, I think it was, or something like that. Um and you thought, yeah. Oh my god, what what have we got here? Um yes. you know, but um there there was a recent feature on the Blitz, the, the Cowboys off season yeah. program, and they were talking about how, you know, he's um changed things around this year. Um if you watch the Cowboys experience programme that Mike and Paul did a couple of weeks ago as well, where yeah. Sam Williams was on, you see that he's he's matured this year. Um yeah. you know he he understands the game both on and off the field. Um yeah. and again another year of coaching with Dan Quinn, I think you know, he, he's gonna be up there. And it's you know, he, he looks like Micah Parsons. Um you know, that's pretty scary bookends that we're going to have on this defensive line. So. Yeah.
0: And I, you wouldn't say Sam lit it up, but there were flashes of potential there from him yeah. last year. You know, and like, as we say, the defensive line, especially defensive tackling, I know he's a defensive end. It's it's a three year thing to, to to prove that they have that ability. And you know, you give a young man like Sam Williams, you're going, right, you're now playing for the Dallas Cowboys, you're earning shed loads of money. <laughs> 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 uh, you're earning shed loads of money. You know, sometimes it does go to your head a little bit, and it does take Dan Quinn, Aiden Dirty, Mike McCarthy pulling you in sitting you down and saying this is your job this is what you're doing for a living you can't pee about with this you know yep. if you want to, if you want to pee about we'll have no problem cutting you and getting rid of you yeah and he seems to have taken that on board he seems to be a lot more as you say professional and you know talking the right way about things
1: i think as Labarsky says as well i mean that you know the speed that he was doing to to be over that much and to have walked away with relatively yeah. nothing as well. I mean that should be a wake up call for anybody. Yeah. That, um, you know, so he's he's obviously he's gone away. He's taken this off season, and mm-hmm. I think he's re- he's ready to perform this year. So yeah. Um, and and I mean as, as we say, the work that's going to get done by this defense this defensive tackle group as well. Mm. Should just basically bring everything to the outside for the defensive ends as well. So um th- yeah. there'll be plenty of opportunities for Sam Williams this year as well provided he's on the field um you know the opportunities yeah. will be there to to shine and I could I could quite easily see a 10 sack season from him um, mm. you know Multiple sacks from Dorian Armstrong, what have you? As yeah. Well, this this defensive has only got stronger in in both the turnovers side of things, yeah. but also the sacks. The sack totals have been going up the last couple of years as well. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. And for for anyone who is coming out to Dallas with us for the Thanksgiving game, there is a very strong possibility that Sam Williams will be will be in attendance. Um, on the day before the game, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing that, but yep. we know Barry has a very good relationship with Sam. So does that, and Sam did shout us out a couple of times for uh, for visiting. So we hope, we'd hope to to see him whilst we're out there. Um, Labarski is just saying here. He think he, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. These guys are still kids and hopefully it was wake up and he dedicates in the right way. And I think he has. And so say all of us for, for that on Sam Williams. Um, at three technique, I think it's very easy to say our best player at three technique and probably our best player at the last, possibly in the last 10 years the three technique has been also Diggy Zoua, who's going into his third season. Um, you know, he, he he has been consistent. He has grown year on year. Obviously, he came in in the class with Mike in 2021. His numbers have gone, as you say, up and to the right. Um, and hopefully again in 2023, we'll see that improving.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, you know, he has the benefit as well. He's a, he's a younger brother. His his brother was obviously with uh, the New York Football Giants as well and flamed yeah. out after three years. So he came into this league knowing that there is no gimmies no matter where you get drafted. You've got to actually work yeah. for absolutely everything. And I think you've seen that from, from day one again. And that's why he has been the star. Um, hmm. In 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 ascendence uh, for us, um, and it I, again all being well, you know. And he has a healthy year, I think. You know, the sky's the limit for him as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, he should be kept relatively clean by being opposite Hankins or Mazzy mm-hmm. Smith or whoever. Um, you know, and it should allow him to be taking on the single team blocks. Um, yeah. again from a guard or whatever and getting in the backfield and snuffing snuffing anything else so, um.
0: yeah. and it, it, it is that is one of the things with Osa obviously I think he, he was a former wrestler as well is that his technique is very good he has a lot of manoeuvres, he's not relying on just one manoeuvre to get him yep. into that backfield and make an impact he has a range he has strength to do it
1: yeah, and I, I again we were talking about um, Bohanna being high pad level and everything. Yeah. If you, if you're a wrestler, and I don't mean the the Hulk Hogan type wrestling, I mean <laughs> yeah the the, the, the high school wrestling that you're yeah. seeing, it, it is get down low, get below the guy, and that allows you to to get the position, the strength, and you know this is this is where he has the abilities to. To take take on just about everything that he's seen against, and he's he's able to take on guys that are outweighing him by twenty mm. thirty pounds, and and yeah. brush them brush them off as well. So, um, you know that that leverage that he has um, just play plays into his arsenal as well. So, um, yeah. and you you see as well that you know he he has backup plans. So. Mm. You know, it, it, a, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter and Instagram as well, the, the coaching side of things, you know, they always say, don't go in saying, right, I'm going to do a swing, swim move. You know, you've got to be ready for somebody countering mm. that and say, right, okay, you got me with that. You know, I'll, I'll club you and move out of the way or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, have multiple options that you can react to almost immediately and say, right, okay, that's blocked. Go with this or whatever. Yeah. So um and you've seen that with him. Um and that's why there's so much potential with him.
0: Yeah. And um, I think that, that that's what we've seen, as I say, like he tailed off in his first year, he flagged a little bit at the end of the season. He's now into that third year. He should now be fully ready for a full season, has all the maneuvers. As Labarski is saying here, he's a well-rounded player, and he thinks he's ready to break out. And as you say, if you if you watch anyone on Twitter, if you watch any of the Instagram or TikToks or whatever your social media of choice is, they talk about Massey Smith, or sorry, also Diggy Zua, as potentially the best defensive tackle from that class in 2021. Yeah. In terms of the impact he's made in this league.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you go back, I mean that that initial season that he had as well. Obviously, we were all expecting big things out of the next one of the next people that we'll be talking about, Neville Gallimore. Neville yeah. Gallimore went down in training camp with the uh, uh, what was it, the ruptured bicep or whatever, yeah. um, you know, and that put, that basically called on both. Kendrick Goldston and also to, Diggsouate yeah. to step into the starting lineup almost immediately. Yeah. Um so come week 10, week 11, you know, which you always talk about for rook- for rookies, they're yeah. used to a te- 10 game season. They then get 2 3 weeks off to prepare for the bowl game. They get another 2 or 3 weeks to prepare for um the All-Star games and then they come they're into the combine and then after the combine, you're trying to build yourself back up to, to play football again. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, it was understandable why he tailed off towards the end of the first season. Yeah. You saw he came on strong towards the end of last season as well, or, yeah. he, you know, the, the, the play was still there at the tail end of last season, yeah. and again, he you know, he should be ready to hit the ground running this year as well. And obviously, he, he you know, you'd have to be blind to see that. You know, even for a guy like him, you know, if he rests on his laurels, you know, I, as I say, there is so much competition in this room. that yeah. uh, You know what? Two, two, three days where you take you, you say, "Oh, I'm not. I'm only going to practice at 25 percent today, or something like that." That's you on the. That's you on the next bus out of here with yeah. um, get or getting traded. I don't know
0: Green Bay or Green Bay (laughs) or
1: Browns or something like that. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you've kind of alluded to the last guy, um, Neville Gallimore. He's entering a contract year. Um, The Dallas Cowboys have not had much luck with taking defensive tackles out of that trash school from up north. Um. You know, like, Charles Tappert, they took him in 2016. He had no luck. Seemed to constantly be injured, and eventually Cowboys released him. I think it was just before the start of his fourth season. Never played, didn't play since then. Gallimore seems to be trending down that same path. In that he's flashed in bits and pieces, but it's never all been put together. This is the final call for him, and this is a huge uh, section of OTA's forum.
1: It it is. I think, you know, again, it's where we're talking about the the ascendance of Osa Digizuba and Mm. Kendrick Golston. You know, at the same time, that's put the pressure on him because you haven't, Mm. you know, the fact that he was a, a healthy scratch last year in a number of games, yeah. Um, suggests that he's he's not ingratiated him with the coaching staff. And um, by all accounts, as well, he was on trading block last year as well. Yeah. They, they didn't manage to ship him off. There was a the whole thing of him taking the, any mention of the Cowboys off his, his socials as well. Um, yeah. So he was obviously ready for something happening at the trade mm. deadline as well. Um, yeah. It never materialized. Um. You know, but he should go in with a fresh opportunity this year. Put the tape out there. Um, you know, hopefully you, you 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 beat somebody out. You make, mm. you make that hard. The dec- very least you make that hard decision for the front office and the coaching staff. Um, and if it if it all goes to pot you know chances are you get traded or you get you will be one of the first people that gets picked up from that position as well if you you're released yeah. and you know fresh start somewhere else new coaching staff um you might get you might get the chance to to extend your stay in the league
0: yeah like as you say it it seems it seems to be a mental thing with uh, Neville that he just doesn't seem to have put it all together yet in terms of technique, in terms of, you know, the mental side of it. And it just seems to be a light bulb. And the thing is, he is going to get a lot of opportunities in these off-season games because, as you say, effectively, he's on that bubble. And these 3 three preseason games Will decide who makes the fifty-three, who makes the who makes the practice squad if they can come back around, and who gets cut.
1: Yeah, I mean to, to give you an idea as well, the fact that Neville Gallimore was playing in the third preseason game last year, um, which invariably was the game when most people uh, you, you rest your starters, mm. you don't you don't play some of these guys. The fact that Neville Gallimore was playing in that third game and pretty much played, I think he played the whole of the second half as well. So, yeah. um, you know, deep into the fourth quarter anyway. Um, that shows that he, he wasn't in favour last year. Um, you know, yeah. and uh, as you say, I think it is mental. And whether it's, you know, we were predicting big things when he went down with that injury of the bicep, um mm-hmm. He then had 11 weeks off and didn't, you know, obviously was still finding his feet towards the end of that season, early elimination from playoffs. And then you you think you're there, you go into last year's camp thinking, well, you know, I'm there or thereabouts, I'm ready, I made it, you know, and I'm safe. And then you've got these young whippersnappers that actually go, well, wait a minute, you're not there. Um, Yeah you know and he just wasn't again he just wasn't getting on the field was he bitter about it in practice was there a bit of spitballing or anything like that with the coaches yeah. so, you know it's a level of self entitlement as well you don't know mm. we we don't obviously know the ins and outs of what's yeah. going on um you could almost do with hard knocks you know the Cowboys being the hard knocks in in season training yeah. uh, in season Team that they pick um, and just see how how it happens on the day to day but um you know yeah. the, there's obviously something there that the coaching staff weren't willing to say we're dressing you to play this game um, yeah you know so um
0: and I'm just going to pull up levarsky's last point here because again it does have a certain amount of validity. He's saying, I think the flex of Junior Fajoko is actually as big as competition. And considering the options we will have at defensive end um, who we've brought in, I would tend to lean towards this, that Bohanna is on the bubble. Um, Gallimore's in the departure lounge. Yep. And Fajolko, if you wanted to carry a seventh defensive end, Fajolko could slide in to um, defensive tackle in a pinch and do something for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I say, you've got um, you got Kendrick Golston as well. Yeah. So Kendrick Golston as well, he's the sort of Tyron Crawford guy that they've developed that yeah. you know he has that flex that he can go out to end, he can play in without yeah. actually having where Tyron Crawford was having to change his body type year in, year out. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Golston has that sort of physique that um you know it it's interchangeable yeah. straight away without having to go and put 20 pounds on this year or lose twenty pounds. Yeah. Um so there's that. Hoku is you know, it's a work in progress. It's it's uh, what was he? It was a day fourth day fourth round pick. So yeah, um, you know, it, it is a bit of a project. But you know, yeah. again, the guys are talking about position flex with him, um, and you know, the rec- If if nothing else, as well, you know, we talk about the NASCAR package where you talk about getting yeah. as many defensive ends on the field all at one time. That's when you. That's when you bring somebody like Fuhoko into the middle, and yeah. you know, use that pass rushing ability. Um, yeah. And you know, again, Fuhoko, you've seen you've seen some good stuff. He's obviously again, he's got pedigree where he's the cousin of Vita Vea as well. So yeah, you know that growing up, they've they've gone and worked on things together, and you know, o- albeit they're slightly different positions, but you know the skills need to be there as well, the pass rush moves, that sort of thing. So um he should be he should be able to come into this camp and light it up yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think we've given everyone a pretty good flavor of the defensive tackles. Um do you think and and again I, I'm gonna bring it back around to that question I asked at the start. Do you the Cowboys will go with five defensive tackles this year, or do you think they will go with three to four? And as you say, use Chauncey Goldston, use Junior Fahoko as those tweener flex guys that can drop down.
1: I think, no, I think across the defensive line, and again, it you know, take Micah mm-hmm. Parsons, take my Parsons out of this. You could, you could. Classify Micah Parsons as a linebacker as well. So yeah. potentially you could be talking about using nine or ten position, uh, nine or ten places Players, for that yeah. defense for that defensive line. What what your makeup is is going to be what's causing major consternations for this this defensive coaching staff and the front yeah. office, trying to decide, you know. Is it? Do you go long on defensive tackle? Do you go short on defensive tackle and go long on the defensive ends? Mm. Um, I, I, and it just this this is what they're going to be arguing about for most yeah. of training camp. And it's it's up to these guys whether you whether you're number one on the depth chart or you're right down at the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah. You've got to hit this training camp running, and there there is no rest for you. Um, yeah. I, I, again, as I say, the only one who's guaranteed is Mazzy Smith. So, yeah, uh, for the defensive tackles, he's the only one that's on guaranteed salary. Um yeah. anybody else you could potentially part ways with if things come about. And you know, as I say, this coaching staff's very good at um, putting people onto IR when you know when they need to. Um, very true uh or you know put, put them on pop or something like that and activate yeah. them later on as well so um yeah. I'm, I'm i'm certainly not saying there's a bit of um a bill belichick about it but um you, you, you know a <laughs> uh, everybody everybody's capable of doing something where you you, you, you sneak things under the under the radar yeah.
0: I I I'd, I'd be fully expecting when the 53 man roster is named um and we will be doing a 53 man roster prediction on UK Cowboys um, myself and Rich and Graham and Lauren might even jump in with us on this one we'll be doing a predict the 53 and I think if we've learned nothing from the last 2 years the Cowboys won't have a 53 man roster with a kicker, a punter, or a long, long snapper on it. Yeah. So they have gotten creative. They know how to get creative to get players onto the roster. So, touch wood, as you say, like it, it, it's the thing about getting the guy onto the roster and then putting them on put, putting them on IR and using that, using it cleverly, as you say. Yeah. But that is the end of tonight's show. Um, We will will be back next Thursday. Uh, We will resume normal programming and be back at 9 o'clock here in the UK and Ireland. Uh, 3 o'clock Texas time, 4 o'clock on the East Coast of the US. Sounds about right, yep. And Lebarski is giving a shout-out. He says, make sure Graham is chaperoned. Yes, absolutely, Lebarski. We will make sure he's well chaperoned. Uh, Rich and Graham have already been trying to get me to make trades for a lifeguard, <laughs> but oh, before okay. we get out of here lauren we'll do we, we we'll do the usual um the shout, shout outs, out. so I'll bring it up there,
1: okay, so out with obviously our Thanksgiving package, if you are thinking about going to the game this year. Make sure you boot with Cowboys experience for the ultimate meet and greets, stadium tours, game tickets and tailgating and much, much more. Um, obviously, you get to meet uh, players like Sam Williams, as we've talked about, Micah Parsons, Drew Pearson, uh, Randy White, uh, Ed Tuttle-Jones, Jay Novacek there, um, Travis Frederick when he's in town as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um And, you know, these guys will treat you like royalty. And, of course, if you mention that uh, UK Cowboys sent you as well, you'll get some free stuff. And And it might include some some chocolate pudding. Good man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely true. And, uh, of course, our fellow content creators, we always love to give a shout-out to those guys as well. So all of the guys over at the Dallas Cowboys media team were talking Talking Cowboys, Hanging with the Cowboys, uh, The Break, 105.3, The Fan, The Draft Show. So make sure you're tuned in to all of those guys. And then our fellow content creators, guys like Jay Tuck, Big Game James, Skywalker, steel uh, Votch Lombardi, Katie's Fun Tweets. Get following those guys on Twitter, on Facebook, on every social media channel you can get. They will give you so much insight into the game of football. Um, and of course, the big one, Lauren. Yeah.
1: So, as I alluded to earlier as well, we're hitting Dallas for the the big game at Thanksgiving. Um, you know, yeah, we've got people coming from all over the place now. So we've got people coming down from Canada. We've got people coming from Germany. Obviously, Mike and Mike and Paul were on with the guys from uh, Big D Germany as well. So. Yeah. Um, you know get get on our face group uh, facebook group um the details are there contact parry at uh, cowboy's experience and get yourself uh the deposit paid and decide decide which package you're going on um yeah and you know you'll get to meet us as well and um you know we've got the meet and greets as well so
0: yeah absolutely um we we are trying to get a bit more details so Please do stay tuned to um to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our Instagram, and um, we'll try and share a bit more details over the next month with you in terms of say numbers going, where people are staying, um, kind of some informal events that are happening. You know, that Barry has we, we've seen some most of Barry's plans and they're pretty good, but obviously there'll be informal get-togethers because people will be coming in from I'm, I'm guessing some people come in since the weekend before they'll be there from Monday. I think most of us are flying in Tuesday, Lauren. So, you know, the re-informed will get together is to meet up, to chat to fellow cowboys. So, you know, the best way to do that is to be in the Facebook group, finding out what's going on and we will keep you as informed as we can. Yep. Absolutely. So again, as I say, next week, Usual programming will resume. Michael will be back in the chair. Lauren, I'm sure you'll be on next next Thursday evening I'm... with Liz being away.
1: Yeah, I will be, and then uh, I'm going to be off the next couple of weeks after that with jury duty and my own week of holiday as well. So,
0: yeah. Um... So, make sure you tuned in, folks, and uh, I will pass it off to Lauren as I say good night.
1: Yeah, so have a great week, guys. I'll catch you next week and go Cowboys. Cowboys forever, Philly forever.